Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, it's good to see everybody here. It's especially good to see Brother Wayne back with us. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to have Phil back this morning, too. Been missing you. Oh, it's just good to be. <laughs> oh, boy. God has been so good to us. And I'm so grateful for all the volunteers who came and uh, helped take down all the Christmas lighting. And praise the Lord, that is uh, all done except for the uh, high up work, and that will be taken care of one day this week. Uh, again, we have uh, Junior Oliver to thank, uh, bringing his uh, bucket truck over and going to help out. So we're very grateful for that. All right. Anybody have a birthday this past week? Any birthdays past week? Oh, birthdays. Okay, how about anniversaries? Anybody celebrate an anniversary this past week? Uh, nope. Okay. Moving right along then in our announcements this morning, we will have our annual congregational meeting and election of officers. Uh, it will be held uh, at the end of the worship service. And uh, then a reminder, too, that Lexington Historical Society meets Monday, January the 23rd. That's next, next Monday at 6 p.m. here in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, they have a lot of interesting things. I used to go, but uh, anymore, I, I'm asleep by that time. <laughs> It seems like, so it's a little difficult for me to get there while I'm snoozing. Uh, so if you want to come, everybody is welcome. You don't have to be a member to come and enjoy the program. Uh, they always have snacks, too, or they used to have. I guess they still do. No? No snacks now? Well, not yet. Huh. A lot of don't know about that. Yeah, there's ghosts in the museum. Okay, so we have a speaker coming about the ghost in the museum at Scottsburg. This is not somewhere away from here. This is right here, Scottsburg. Okay, also this morning, Wayne wants to know, what was the real big bang? God spoke and bang, it happened. <laughs> Amen. That is a fact. Okay. So, uh, by the way, if uh, you did not get you a ballot, a voting ballot, they are back there next to the uh, uh, bulletins. And uh, But, like I say, at the end of, of the service, we'll, if you didn't get one, we'll pass them out. Something you need to know, though, is that uh, there's one new... Uh, person for deacon, which is Bob Cartwright, uh, and then also at the very bottom right, there are two people running for secretary this year. Uh, that's Bob Hollis and Kathy Robbins. So you can only vote for one, yes for one, uh, and no for the other. Uh, otherwise, we'll have a problem, <laughs> and your ballot won't count. So just vote for one, please. 
All right, well, I think we're ready to get started with our opening hymn, so Brother Bob, if you do the honors and lead us, I would appreciate it. Good morning. It is a beautiful day. Our hymns more opening hymn this morning is uh, number 35. We will glorify the King of Kings. Amen. Let's do that. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before His throne. We will worship Him in righteousness. We will worship Him alone. Lord of heaven, Lord of earth, He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord above the universe, all praise to Him we give. Hallelujah to the King of kings, hallelujah to the Lamb, hallelujah to the Lord of lords, who is the great I am. Brother Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please? I can do that. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are so good to us. Lord, you want to give us much more than we are willing to ask. So help us, Lord, to increase our faith and to ask for more, for greater things to help your kingdom grow. Lord, we see the darkness is moving across the United States. It's moving with a vengeance. And Lord, we know that you are greater because your word says, he that is in us is greater than he that is in this world. So we take comfort in that. But Lord, we also want to remember that we are your soldiers, your warriors. You send us out to conquer and to take new territory by sharing the gospel and bringing souls into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, if the light does not shine bright, then the darkness will continue. So help us to be that light that you've called us to be, the salt and the light. Lord, move us this morning. Use the words that are spoken, the songs that are that are sung. Lord, use every message to encourage our hearts and to increase our faith and to help us to resolve to live in a way that we represent you well and help others to come to know you. Lord, we need you. We need you in this hour more than ever. So Lord, we ask, let your presence be made known and may you be glorified. We ask it in Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. <coughs> Trespasses as we forgive those 
who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Be seated. And let's turn to um, number 64, For the Beauty of the Earth. Sin was as black as it would be. 
Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example to see. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, bearing he carried my sins far away. Dancing he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, all glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Living He loved me, dying He saved me, buried He carried my sins far away. One day they left him alone in the garden. One day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down for his tooth to keep vigil. Now is he, my Savior is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over as he conquered. Now in a sin, my Lord, evermore, living he loved. Dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, for glorious day. One day the trumpet the sound for his coming one day the skies with his glory shall shine wonderful day my beloved one bringing glorious saint this Jesus is mine 
Living He loved me, dying He saved me, buried He carried my sins far away, rising He justified freely forever. One day He's coming for glorious Beholding the beauty of Jesus. It won't be long now until once again we behold the beauty of springtime in the variety of colors we see in nature. Tulips come in various colors, but we may think first of red ones. The familiar purple hyacinth is but one of many hues in which that flower appears. And when we think of daffodils, we picture them as creamy yellow. In the Midwest, spring is the occasion for the robin's return. <laughs> Whoever described this creature as robin redbreast must have been colorblind. Nevertheless, we must appreciate the robin's reddish-orange underside. Let us rejoice in nature's colors. Then, let us think of the beauty of Jesus in terms of colors. Red reminds us of his blood shed for our sins. White symbolizes his purity. Green speaks of new life, thereby represents the newness of life we gain through his atonement. Blue, the color of heaven, is a reminder of the heavenly Jerusalem being prepared by Jesus as an eternal home for us. In the Lord's Supper, we behold the beauty of Jesus. The whiteness of the loaf and the bread of the Jews the whiteness of the loaf and the bread of the juice symbolize his purity and his sacrifice. In the words, do this in remembrance of me, we perceive the beauty of his gracious invitation to commune with him. As we partake, we enjoy a moment of beautiful unity, <clears throat> sharing in the one loaf and the one cup. The reminders of his beauty are all around us. Let us behold in, in awe and gratitude. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we, we praise you for your beauty and, and that of your Son, Jesus. During this past week, we've beheld much that is ugly and sickening. and We'll soon look on more of the same, but now envelop our minds and hearts in the inexpressible beauty of our Savior. In his name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Let's, let's take a moment just to reflect on the goodness of God and our needs in him. <clears throat>
When the Lord was in the upper room with his disciples shortly before his passion, he sat there with them and he took the bread and he broke it. He passed it among them. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. Likewise, after the bread, he took the cup, he blessed it, and he said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me, for this is the blood of the new covenant. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. this okay uh just remain standing if you would and stretch your legs a minute as we sing our uh, praise him near to the heart of god number 433 if you want to in the book a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God Jesus blessed Redeemer sent from the heart of God us who wait before thee near to the heart of God there is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God a place where we are saved to meet near to the heart of God Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee, near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release, near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace, 
near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee, near to the heart of God. Amen. You may be seated, and uh, now I guess it's time to get into the message. Let me turn my other mic on here. All right. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to see other folks here this morning. Mr. Butters, it's good to have you with us this morning. Uh, I think he's now a professor. (laughs) All right, our message this morning Continuing in the book of Mark, we are ready for the transfiguration. And that begins in chapter 9, verse 2, and I think goes to verse 13. So let's go ahead and we will read this scripture. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why did the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. That says the word of God. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of God. So here we have another supernatural event taking place. In the, life, in the life of Jesus, who is both man and God, supernatural and natural, all blended together. And so he takes Peter, James, and John. These three seem to be the ones he connects with the, the most and the, the best, and perhaps their faith is deeper than the other disciples. We're not given a reason why these three are chosen for uh, things that others are not. But we do know that God looks on the heart. So he knew their heart. He knew that they would be, for whatever reason, the best representatives 
for this particular event. And so they were chosen. As they go up the mountain, that it's important to remember about what happens on all the mountains. You know, in the mountains was where they traditionally, in, in, in that time period, people thought the gods lived in the mountains or, or in a, a grove of trees. And this was the high places they would go to worship. They would set their idols there. Now, this is different because this is the true and living God. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he himself, through Christ, has chosen to take them up on a mountain. And I think that it's not because of the presence of others. But even if it was, it's to show, hey, I'm over all these other gods. So if this mountain had been dedicated to another god, so what? means nothing to me. (laughs) But it's also a matter, I think, of privacy. He wanted a moment of privacy away from the people, away from the rest. I think that's the reason why he chose to go up on the mountain. But I think deeper than that, so many things in the Bible have happened up on these mountains. Abraham offered his son on a mountain. Jesus ultimately would be crucified on a hill. So many things happened up on hills, up on mountains. And so this is one more event that we can say that happened up on the mountains. We don't know which mountain this was. There's speculation about which mountain. Uh, is it Mount Tabor, Mount you know, Hor? We don't know. And it doesn't matter because it's not significant where it took place. What's significant is what took place. What took place was that here they are walking along with their teacher, with their master, Jesus. These three disciples are walking along and they get up to the top of the mountain and all of a sudden everything changes. This word transfigured in the Greek is where we get the word metamorphosis. It's a total change. It's like he, be, he stopped being in his human form and just appeared in his God form. His glory, like the glory of the Shekinah glory of God in the Old Testament. His glory was on display. He's shining. But not just him. All of a sudden now there's two other people. Where'd they come from? They came from heaven. God sent them. There's a purpose for everything that happens, folks, in the Bible. There is a purpose for everything that happens. Now, Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. So here you have the Old Testament represented, and these two representatives, Moses and the law, are coming to say we approve of Christ and what he's doing. We verify that he is the son of God. We've come to comfort him knowing that he is going to suffer shortly. These things are very important. Now, we see that the apostles, the disciples didn't quite get what was going on. And of course, they couldn't. They had no reference to this. They had no way to to just process this and say, wow, 
You know, it, it even, uh, Mark is the only one, but he marks out about their fear. They're so afraid they don't even know what to say. But Peter's the kind that always has to say something. You know that. He, he just can't keep his mouth shut. No matter what happens, he's got to say something about it. I don't know anybody like that. Do you? <laughs> uh, but, you know, so... Anyway, here's, here's Peter. He speaks up. Oh, let us build three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, this was supposedly close to the time of building the booths and having a week of celebration. But more importantly, what that represents was their deliverance. So they're thinking, now is the time. Now is the time. Peter's saying, oh, he's going to come now as Lord and take over. He's going to be the king. He's going to be delivering us. The time of the kingdom has come. That's what he's saying. That's what he's thinking. But without realizing, he's also making Moses and Elijah equal to Christ. Let's build three shelters. So we have to be careful about our feelings. We have to be careful what we think. Now, he wasn't chastised here in a way he was mildly because shortly after this, this cloud comes over. Now, where did God come as a cloud before in the Bible? When he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. So this cloud comes over them and the voice comes from the cloud. And he's kind of rebuking Peter, but he's more or less instructing Peter. This is my son. Hear him. Don't hear Moses and Elijah. Hear him. Hear Jesus. He's not saying don't listen to Moses and Elijah. He's saying pay attention to my son. He is your deliverer. They have already done and served their purpose. Now he's going to shine. And that Shekinah glory showed he was shining. And they were afraid. They were afraid when they saw him in this this, uh, transfigured form. They were just awed. Now, I have a feeling that when Christ comes back, we're going to see him in that same form. We're going to see him in that transfigured form. We're going to see his glory. And that's what the Bible tells us. He will come back in his glory. He's going to be shining. He's going to be so bright that when you look up, you can't see anything but him. Amen. Amen. He's the only thing that matters, folks. He's all. He's the brightest star. He's, he's the morning star. He is the rose of Sharon. He is all in all. He is everything. He is our Lord. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is who we need right now in this moment and every moment. He alone can deliver us. He alone can get us through all the t- challenges and all of the the problems that we're having in this world. He alone, there will be another that comes and claims to be the deliverer. But it'll be a lie. That will be the Antichrist. He will even claim that he is Christ. That's why we're warned. When you hear someone say, Christ is here, Christ is there, don't believe him. Why? Because when he comes, you will know it. 
There will be no question. You will know that the sky will roll back like a scroll. And all of a sudden, Jesus will appear with all the host of, the, of heaven. And whoo, everything will change. And we'll be going home. I'm looking forward to that day. Until then, though, <laughs> until then, you know, so many times we get wrapped up in wanting to die for Jesus, but are we willing to live for him? <laughs> That's the bigger challenge is living for him. Here, after they see this great and mighty thing, they're just so awestruck. They don't know, and, and, and everything, is it, as fast as it changed to come to the transfiguration, it as quickly was gone. I mean, they're just... What just happened? <laughs> I mean, put yourself in their shoes. All of a sudden, Jesus is just glowing, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and then there's two more people. It's like, oh, where'd they come from? And then you hear this voice. You see this cloud, and you hear this voice. And then it's all gone. Did that really happen? <laughs> or was that a dream? I'm having visions. Did you guys see that? Yeah, we saw it. Huh. It must be mass hypnosis or something. Uh, no, it was real. It happened. And then Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody about it until, until I'm gone. Why would he say that? You know, there's other places We've talked about where all the miracles, and he said, don't go tell anybody. Don't go tell anybody. Why? Because until his death, burial, and resurrection, there wasn't the whole story to tell. He didn't want people to just run to him because they have a need. They wanted them to recognize that he is their Messiah, Mashiach. Their Messiah, their Savior. He wasn't just there to heal broken wounds. He wasn't there just to heal broken hearts. He was there to save souls. He come to seek and to save the lost. He didn't want the word to get out that, hey, there's this, there's this uh, priest named uh, Jesus and he's got this healing ministry. Go to his church and you can get healed. no. <laughs> That's not what he wanted. He wanted people to say, he's God. Lord God, I'm a sinner. I need you. Cleanse me. Save me. That's what Jesus wants. That's what Jesus deserves. That's what Christians do to become Christians. We have, to, we have to recognize who he is. They saw who he was for real. They saw his glory like the glory of God in the Old Testament shining. They saw that he is God in the flesh. And folks, I am sure that after that event, they were changed. They had to have been changed men after this event. 
Did they still fully get it? No. But do you think they ever forgot what happened that morning, that day, that they went to the mountain with Jesus? I don't think so. You know, that was, a, uh, that was a, a, an event that was so powerful. It's one of those things that sticks with you for the rest of your life. You know, there's, there's great and mighty things that happen that are good that sticks in our memory. And then there are things that happen that are so devastating that we remember. How many of you remember where you were on 9-11? Yeah. See, it just sticks. It was such a dramatic thing, so devastating that you're not going to forget it. I know there's some that remember when JFK died (laughs) Uh, in here. Same thing, you know. You just don't forget those kinds of things. But then again, don't we remember when we got saved? Greatest day in our life. The greatest thing that ever happened to any human being is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, the way that Jesus was transformed, transfigured, metamorphosed into more like God... That's exactly what happens to us when we recognize our need of a Savior. When we realize that we are lost. When we realize that, hey, everything I try in life gets me nowhere. I feel so alone in this life. I feel so lonely. Why can't I have some peace? Why can't I have some joy in life? We get to that point to where we're, we're ready To hear that Jesus loves us, that he can save us, that he can take that loneliness away because he promised he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. He reaches out to us and says, if you will confess that you are a sinner, that you have sinned against me, if you will confess and repent of those sins, ask my forgiveness. If you will come to me in sincerity and love and ask me to be your Savior, to come into your heart and to change you, I will. And folks, when he changes us, it's for eternity. When he changes us, that change is another type of transfiguration. It's another transformation, and it's got the same purpose in mind. We are given the Holy Spirit for what one purpose? To make us holy and more like God. Does that mean that we automatically become like God? No, it doesn't. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to imply that. But it gives us the empowerment, the enablement, to become more like him. But we have to work at it. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not automatic. It's a life-changing process. But we have to seek him through his word. You know, a lot of people, I think, go to church and they just seek a message from a man and that's what they get. They get a message from a man. But if you go to church and you seek a message from God, you will get that. If you're seeking God, the Bible says 
you will find him. If you knock on the door, he says he will open it. If you ask, he will answer. You see, this transfiguration was also a precursor to what was coming, what is coming. It hasn't came yet, but it's a precursor to what it's going to be like when he returns again. He's coming in that glory. He's coming. And it says there's going to be, at one point, there's going to be two witnesses that come. Maybe it's the same two that represent the law and the prophets. We don't know, but it's a good possibility. But you know, if, if we don't see anything else in this passage of Scripture... If we don't get anything else from this, the one thing that you need to hold on to is that the most important figure in all of this is Jesus. He's the only one who can transform us. He's the only one who can save us. He's the only one who paid the debt for our sins. He died so that we could be free from the bondage of all that sin so that we wouldn't have to feel like a failure, so that we won't have to feel like we're alone all the time. You can, I, I can remember a time in my life when I could be in a room with 100,000 people and I still felt alone. You know why? Because I didn't have a connection with Jesus Christ. Since I have had Jesus, I have never felt alone. Never. There's been times when I felt like, hmm, where is he? But I knew he was there. He's just allowing me to have a little time to miss him. You know, there's an old saying... That absence makes the heart grow what? Fonder. When you miss something, sometimes it makes you realize just how much you need it. Just how much it means to you. Now, sometimes that happens too late. We miss someone that's gone. And we never took the time to appreciate them the way we should have. There are people who don't appreciate Jesus the way we should. We think of him sometimes as our hmm, our help, our help. He's, he's there just for me. If I get a cold, he's going to get me through it. If I, if I get cancer, he's going to get me through it. If, uh, he's there for me. Are we there for him? He said, if you love me, keep my commands. Do you know what they are? Have you studied his word enough to even know what his commands are? And even if you've done that, how much time do we dedicate to really trying to obey him and please him? Or are we just so caught up in pleasing ourselves, our own flesh, that we just take for granted he's going to be there? 
I mean, you know, I got this to do and that to do and I got to take the kids here and I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to go there and I got to go here and I got to do this. And, I, and pretty soon your, dime, your, your time of the day is gone and you have to say, did I spend time with Jesus today? No. Did I read the word today? No. But I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> that makes it okay. I'll do it tomorrow. No, folks. What we miss, we can't, we can't get it back. You know, I've shared this before. But there was someone at a church where I was previously... And I was told the person was in the hospital in bad shape, and I had every intention of going to visit them as soon as I got this done and that done, my homework from college, because I was still in college then, and, and this and that and the other. And as I was preparing to leave the house, I get a call. He's gone. I couldn't make that up, folks couldn't go back and go spend time with that precious brother. Now, with Jesus, he will always be there. And one day, he's either going to come get us or we're going to go be with him. There's no question about that. The question is, are we with him now? He's with us. Are we with him? He's working for us. Are we working for him? Are we doing his will instead of our will? Something to think about. If you have a need this morning, if God has spoken to your heart, then obey. Don't wait. Don't put it off. If you need to pray and you want to pray with one of us, come forward. Some of the, somebody will pray with you. If you don't want to do it with someone, do it in your seat where you are. Ask forgiveness. And let's promise each other and God that we will work harder this year to spend more time, intentionally spend more time with God. Brother Bob. Her invitation to him this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, number 389, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. Tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. 
should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you and for me? Come home, come home, you are weary, come earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home, Time is now fleeting, the moments are passing, passing from you and from me. Shadows are gathering, this night is coming, coming for you and for me. Come home, come home. seated brother Mitch okay turn this part of the program over to you all righty uh, we're ready to go ahead and do our vote this morning this is for members only uh, so if uh, everyone who is a member doesn't have one of these voting ballots let us know and we'll get you on is there anybody that needs a voting ballot I don't see any hands, so I guess everybody's got one. So, again, uh, the way it's set up a little different this time, you just put mark yes or no. Uh, and then remember, at the last two, is uh, for the same office, and you select only one, yes for one, no for the other. They're both running for secretary. So, give you a few minutes, and then we'll gather these up. Good to see you, Jimmy.
after you're done, if you want to just fold them in half to where it's closed so that who collects can't see who's voting for whom. Let's see. Probably need to get somebody that's not on the ballot to, to collect them. Uh, Brother Jim, would you mind collecting them because you're not being voted for? So I think it's more appropriate if somebody who's not being voted for does the tally too. And we don't have an Arizona issue. <laughs> Leave it to the cop. <laughs> Jim, got some more up here, too. And I think there's two or three more here. All right. Since you're not on there, would you would you like to tally them? And you can go out in the fellowship hall and do that, and then come back and let us know. Thank you. All right. So everyone got to vote, right? Done. Over. <laughs> All right. So we'll get those results shortly. Uh, it is such a blessing to see that we still have some folks, new folks coming, new faces. We're growing a little bit, so praise God. Uh, you know, we have uh, traditionally, <clears throat> excuse me, since I've been here, we had had growth on a level every year up until the last few years because of covid We've had a, a level of growth that's extraordinary. If you read according to the statistics, these little churches are going backwards. They're not growing. And the ones that are growing, it's just 1%, 2%. We've had as much as 20 25% some, some years. Uh, of course, when you start out with only six, that's not hard. <laughs> uh, but, you know... We, we've had people come, we've had people go, but we've had more people come. And, uh, you know, we, we prayed for people who would, uh, who would volunteer and work, and God answered those prayers. We've, we've got several people that come, and they're anxious to be a part of, of whatever needs to be done, and we're, we're grateful for that. And I hope to see that spirit grow in this coming year, because, you know, it takes a lot to keep the church going and to grow it. It takes all of us. We have to all have a, a heart set and a mindset for growth. If we want people to come, we have to work at it. We have to invite them. Uh, we have to make the place you know, presentable. And we have to have something to offer them when they get here. So, you know... It's, 
uh, ongoing, ongoing process. But I'm so grateful that God is answering these prayers. We've got people that really go out 135%. (laughs) And uh, so we thank you for that. And uh, I know God will bless each and every one of you that do that. Anything else, Bob? And we'll go ahead and, and be dismissed. Father God, thank you so much for your presence here with us again this morning. Thank you that you are always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Lord, it is such a comfort to know we're never alone. And Lord, it, it is also a comfort to know that not only are we not alone, but he that is with us is greater than the one in this world, the evil one. So we always have a way through you to overcome any challenge. Lord, bless us. Help us to focus on you. Help us to walk with you in obedience. May we be a blessing to others as you bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.